This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby's Nimer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Nice to have you along. Libby returns a week from Monday. I'll be in her chair uh, during that time while she enjoys her summer vacation. You may be doing the same. 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. When Premier Doug Ford shuffled his cabinet last week, he created the new post of Minister of Long-Term Care, which had previously fallen under the Health Portfolio and Christine Elliott's department, and he moved Dr. Marilee Fullerton from Minister of Training, Colleges and Universities to Minister of Long-Term Care. I believe Dr. Fullerton is on the line with us. We've locked her in. Uh, Hello, Minister. Do we have her there? Minister Fullerton, hi. 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 Thank you very much for uh, spending some time with us here on Zoomer Radio. Um, as you've probably learned from our producer, Zeve, we cater to a 45-plus audience, and uh, our listeners are very much interested not only in health care, but in long-term care uh, for parents uh, and other loved ones and for themselves when the time comes. How are you feeling about the changing of portfolios from training colleges and universities to long-term care? Well, I'm thrilled. Uh, you know, I, I I was a family doctor for almost 28 years and uh, also had personal experience uh, with my family requiring long-term care. So I've, I've looked at for the last decade to have ways to have input and improve long-term care. And we're, we're moving ahead with our plan to make a patient-centered system in long-term care that will allow families and, and patients to get uh, access to the long-term care that they need when they need it. Uh, we're on our way to getting 15,000 long-term care beds in five years up and running. We've got over 7,000 beds allocated already. And uh, I think this will allow a benefit to our hospitals as well, because as you know, our healthcare system is all interconnected and long-term care is a critical part of, of helping end hallway health care. So I'm very, very uh, positive and really excited to get going. Compare for us how long-term care looks now or when the Ford Tories took over and how you think it should be ultimately once your plan is followed through. Right. You know, I look at the last 15 years and, and uh, you know, that was a lot of lead time we could have had. The demographic was changing. We knew that we had an aging population and yet things stagnated for, for you know, over a decade uh, under the previous government. So it was also fragmented and we're looking at making a more integrated, coordinated system that puts the, puts the patient at the center and the needs of the patient and the family. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to getting that going. We know that we are, we have uh, tens of thousands of people on a wait list, 35,000 to be exact. And we're making headway on that. We've already got over 7,000 beds allocated. Uh, and uh, that's going to assist not only families and patients uh, needing long-term care, but it's also going to assist our hospitals in becoming more efficient and allowing our nurses and doctors and other allied uh, providers to be able to provide 
better and faster service uh, to hospital patients as well. What's the best way about going uh, to get a loved one into long-term care? You mentioned patient-centered care is now going to be the focus. How do we make sure that our loved one is among those patients? Well, you know, we, we know from the wait list that people and families are, are waiting for care. And I think when we have a really good functioning primary care system, and you know that we are, are uh, transitioning and modernizing uh, our entire uh, Ontario health system to have teams that will be coordinated and providing uh, assistance for patients who do need that level of care for long-term care and making, uh, you know, prioritizing some patients, uh, looking at their needs, understanding uh, how we can better serve those needs. Each patient is unique. Their families are unique and their needs are unique. And uh, our whole overall transformation of the healthcare system will allow a more coordinated and uh, a much, much less fragmented system that, that we've had in the past. And, and why the separation of health and long-term care in this last shuffle? Well, there is so much in healthcare uh, generally right now. It's growing. There's, there's many more pressures in the healthcare system than there ever were before, and I can tell you that as a family doctor. But long-term care is such a, an important aspect of how we're going to be able to provide much-needed services to vulnerable people and to end hallway health care. It deserves uh, attention. And for, for years, under the previous government, uh, it was neglected. Doctor, will long-term care implement more home care as well? Definitely home care. There are, people want to stay in their own homes until they can't anymore. And we need to be supporting people in that area of, of uh, home support, home care. There's a variety of different ways that can be delivered. It's a fascinating time that we live in right now. There's there's options for virtual care, remote monitoring, things that we never had before. And so it's a really exciting time to be able to provide people with the services they need in new ways, in new innovative ways. Uh, and that's also part of our whole healthcare transformation. In just a moment here, we will be getting reaction to your comments, and I want to be respectful of the five minutes you've given us. Uh, Lisa Levin from uh, uh, Advantage Ontario, as well as Laura Tamblam Watts from CARP are here. Uh, uh, specifically, Advantage Ontario, when welcoming you to the new post, wants to make sure you honour your commitment to build 30,000 new beds over 10 years. Is that something you can see still happening? Well, definitely. You know, we're, we're getting started immediately. I just took over this role and uh, we've hit the ground running. We have 7,000, over 7,000 allocated beds right now. Uh, we are uh, providing $72 million in more, more in funding um, to make these things happen. And uh, we, we know that this is a priority for our government by, you know, the, the very fact that it has created uh, a new ministry to deal with this. We know that it's an imperative and, uh, and we're already going on it. Dr. Fullerton, we wish you all the best, and we look forward to having you again on Zoomer Radio in the near future. Thank you. I really appreciate your interest. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Dr. Marilee Fullerton, the new Minister of Long-Term Care under the Doug Ford government at Queen's Park. What do you think about her plan, about the Ford Tories' uh, ideas and plans with regard to long-term care? Do you have a loved one in long-term care right now? Are there some obstacles and challenges that you feel what she's saying might help fix? Or do you feel that it's just a lot of talk and 
perhaps there won't be as much change as uh, the enthusiasm she's exhibiting early in the early going. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Joining me with reaction, as promised, Laura Tamblin-Watts, Chief Public Policy Officer of CARP, A New Vision of Aging. She's in the studio with me. Welcome, Laura. Welcome. Thank you. And Lisa Levin, Chief Executive Officer of Advantage Ontario. Laura, your thoughts on Minister Fullerton's comments? Well, we're excited to see that long-term care is getting its own focused ministry. It's important to make sure that long-term care doesn't get lost in the broader mandate of the healthcare system. And since healthcare reform is a key initiative of this government. I'm encouraged to see that it has a place to live. Uh, Certainly, there's a lot of numbers that get thrown around when we talk about long-term care, and sometimes we have to look behind the numbers. So there's a lot of promises about new beds. uh, And what we've seen is sometimes there's new beds, and sometimes they're just refreshed older beds or or sometimes there's changes to it that are not really new. So what do you mean by that? And maybe Lisa can speak to this more specifically, but we see sometimes when they say things are new beds, what they may be is long-term care facilities that aren't up to standards and they're just being refreshed. So they're uh-huh. not actually adding new stock to it. They're just sort of changing a classification to it. We're interested to see whether they'll be engaged in you know emotion-based transformative care like the butterfly models or the Eden models. Um, are they going to have a look at actually the, the regulation burden in long-term care and to make sure that really we're focusing on the appropriate amount of staffing and supports as opposed to, you know, the hyper-regulated checklist so we see people spending their time. So it's a big ministry. We're happy that it exists. And uh, and we're encouraged to see that there's some lived experience that this minister brings to it as well. Yes, yes, she is a doctor. Uh, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Do you have a loved one in long-term care? Are you trying to get a loved one, a parent, an aunt, uh, a close friend into a long-term care facility? Are you in that transition time where your loved one is at home and needs assistance in home? or you need assistance as a caregiver. Uh, You listen to what the minister had to say about how the Ford Tories are moving forward with long-term care. We really need your stories to augment the reality of what's happening in Ontario with long-term care and in terms of what is going to happen with our aging society. 416-360-0740. What do you see in long-term care if you're in it with a loved one? What do you see that needs to be changed and improved. 416-360-0740. Toll free 1-866-744-740. Let's go over to Lisa Levin. She's on the line here with us, Chief Executive Officer of Advantage Ontario. Lisa, hi. Hi. How are you doing, Jane? Fine. What, what did you think about what the minister had to say? Well, it's great that she's so enthusiastic. She has that experience as a family physician, uh, in addition to, you know, her political background. So she sees the whole system. And that's what's so important when we look at long-term care, that it's a part of the system. And we are really excited that this government has put a priority on long-term care and created a dedicated leadership on it. So, you know, I think there's a lot of progress that we're going to be able to make working with Minister Fullerton. 
Oh, and what do you, um, how would you like to comment on what Laura was saying there about the refreshed beds versus the brand new beds? She gave you her word that she would have 30,000 new beds over 10 years. I think that in terms of new beds, they are indeed going to be creating new beds. However, these beds may not all be in uh, separate brand new buildings. Some of them are adding on to existing buildings. Some of them are adding on to buildings that have to be redeveloped. And so I think that what's important to look at is not just increasing capacity, which is essential and which I believe this government is committed to doing, but also making sure that if we're going to be building new beds, that we do it in a different way. Because right now, at least 70% of the people in long-term care have dementia. And that's very different than the way it was 10, 15 years ago. 10, 15 years ago, people used to drive up to long-term care, park their car, and go inside. Now they're coming by ambulance. They're much sicker, they're much frailer, and they need a different kind of care than in the past. So when we build these new beds and when we redevelop existing homes, we need to do it in a different way and look at models from other parts of the world and some models that we're starting to develop here in Canada to provide better care. Laura, you're nodding along. Yeah, I, I think it's so important to understand that when we built the long-term care system, it wasn't talking about the level of frailty and acuity that we're seeing now. Um, people often say, look, you you know, we have you know seven-year waiting lists or we have two-year waiting lists. We have a nine-year waiting list. It depends on what area you're in. And I can tell you that if you can't get into what's called a crisis list, sometimes we're looking at six months on a crisis list. So the backflow has to be thought of within the healthcare system. And I'm encouraged that they're doing that. The second piece is with regards to the level of dementia, frailty and acuity, you know, the amount of staff support required in long-term care is quite different than they had anticipated 15 and 20 years ago. So we really need to address the fact that we don't have adequate staffing supports, that there's not enough, you know, boots on the ground and people on deck to provide that support. So there's a capacity human resources question that we're also going to have to look at. And there's an expertise element as well. Dealing with uh, an older person with dementia is completely different than dealing with an older person. And that's why we're focused on uh, really advocating for what's called transformative models of long-term care, really making sure that we have dementia-friendly care, making sure that we are able to support people with their whole self, engage in creativity, focused on connecting those social connections. It's very difficult to do that without the resources and support. And we're seeing a, a big encouragement of that. City of Toronto has now adopted a transformative care across all municipal beds, so 11 long-term care homes. We're wanting to make sure that we see that this transformation meets the needs of this quite frail population. Thank you for calling in. Our phone lines are jammed now. I think we have one left, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. Looking forward to hearing your stories and your comments about long-term care now and in the future. Sharif in Mississauga, you're up first. Go ahead. Hi, how are you? Fine, thank you. What's on your mind with relation to this topic? You know what? This topic, I think, is just wish-wash. I don't believe a one word, Doug Ford, what he say. I gave him my vote. And I guarantee you, he'll never get my vote ever again. What is it about the uh, what Dr. Fullerton was saying there at the beginning of the segment that leads you to think that uh, they won't follow through on their promises? Yes, she had good ideas. That would be wonderful. But when it comes up to do it, 
you think they're going to do it, I don't believe in that. Okay, Sharif, thank you for your call. Lisa, what about that, that skepticism uh, from the Ontario voters that, that they may not, the Ford Tories, follow through on these promises? What we've seen is that this government is very committed to moving forward and the pace of change and legislation and regulation is unprecedented in my experience working with government. And so I think we definitely have a lot of opportunity here to improve the system. And I think that, you know, they're very, the government is very committed to moving forward with it. Okay, we'll take one more call here before we take a quick break, but we will continue our discussion about long-term care until the top of the hour. Uh, Marcia in Maple, you're on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon. We have, we're having difficulty with my mom. She's 95. Right now she's in a reactivation center, uh, which she was sent by the hospital. Um, we have no place to put her, unfortunately. She has mild dementia. And uh, she was, my sister was a primary caregiver and she was taking care of her up until August when mom had a big decline. Uh, it's very difficult. We've spoken to our MPP, who is conservative. We've spoken to Central Lynn and here we are, no place to keep mom. My sister visits her every day, make sure she's fed. If she's not given there, she's, if, if my sister does not go, Sometimes she may not be fed. Um, I go on weekends. Unfortunately, I still work. It's very, very heart-wrenching, and we're both so much under stress, and we're frustrated. We don't know what to do. She's been on a waiting list for three years. Um, it, it, there's no way to put her. It's just so sad. Uh, Marcia, sorry. What What is a reactivation center? Uh, just it, It's like a transition um, to find in, in finding her a place, but we can't. She's been there since December, and it, uh, every three months we have to uh, find and look around to see um, for to put her in a nursing home. But unfortunately, they're telling us it's a five to eight, eight year waiting period. In the meantime, what do we do with this poor mom that she yeah. is immobile? Laura, would you like to comment? Sometimes we call people who are betwixt and between. And I just want to say, it sounds like such a challenging circumstance. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the circumstance that you're in. It's not an unusual circumstance to be in. We often call it that this designation is known as alternative levels of care. And it just it describes exactly what our caller is saying. Mom can't be at home. She, she has greater care needs, but there's not really a place to put her. And so I, I would offer that this government has made a clear priority to deal with the backflow in the system and it's important as well that we think about this in the continuum, because if we had robust home care, many, not all, many people would be able to go home if we had the very, very wraparound home care supports that we need, which we don't have. So when we're thinking about long-term care, we have to think about what's backing up. Is it backing up in hospitals? Is it backing up in these alternative levels of care? Where could people go? And right now, so often, there is nowhere to go. So at the moment, Marcy and family, they just have to wait. Yeah, these alternative level of care centers are better than being, you know, often left on your own, but they're certainly not where we need to be as a system. Well, thank you for calling in. Oh, great. Thanks. Okay, all the best to you. Lisa, I wanted to ask you about how long-term care should fit into the Ontario government's plan to merge the 20 agencies into one big agency. 
Long-term care is going to end up being part of Ontario health teams. So the ministry has said there would be between 30 and 50, but perhaps now even more teams across the province that will deliver care. And so I believe that if done correctly, this will result in a lot um, better patient-centered care where people can go to just one door and their issues can be addressed in a more comprehensive way. And so long-term care will fit into the system much better when it's part of these health teams. And so that's one of the big changes that this government is moving forward with. And a lot of our members are very excited to be part of those teams and to have conversations with the other members that will include hospitals, primary care, mental health and addictions, home and community care, and others. I'd like to get back to the phones here. Ivan in Milton. Ivan, I know you called recently. Uh, in fact, yeah. you were our call of the week last week because you really moved us with your story about your wife. Uh, I understand um, that you've had taken a very sad turn. Yes, Jane. Uh, I did call in and speak with Libby. Um, this is very dear to my heart. My wife did pass away this week. I'm so sorry. We was sorry. on the wait list for long-term care for three years. Um, we dealt with a couple of years of it at home till we could not deal with it anymore. And then we got into, um, it's, a, it's hospital, but it's not hospital. It's run by the region of which we paid for just as the same as we would pay for a long-term care. Um, it's not PSWs, it's nurses. And I have to tell you, they're so short-staffed. They need people. I've not, this what upsets me more than anything is same you could have a program on this, Jane, every single day of the week. Yes. It's talk, talk, and more talk. You don't see any action. And when you do, they tell us, we've just created 600 more beds. Nobody mentioned about the workers. Nobody mentions the labor that they're going to need. Right. It's because it's very, the labor is probably the most expensive part of it. Ivan, you know so, what? I, I, I'm... I'm going to move along, and I understand it's very sensitive to do so because of what's happened to you, and mm-hmm. we all really feel for you, but I'm literally running short of time here. I yeah. invite you to call back anytime, Free For All Friday. Uh, let us know how you're doing. Um, I know you've been through a lot, uh, you and your daughter looking after your wife and, and her mother, and we all here on the Zoomer radio team, we really felt for you last week and, and offer you our deepest condolences. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, 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 and I, same as everybody else says, I've too voted for this government. So they better get their act together. Right. Well, we can all hope for that. Um, parting comments here as we finish up the segment. And I'm sorry, I can't get to the rest of the calls. Tomorrow is free for all Friday. So please feel free to call back uh, with your comments. Laura Tamblin Watts at CARP encouraged uh, overall to see that they put somebody who has a medical background in the space, encouraged to see that they're going to be integrating into hopefully a more seamless system as part of the healthcare. I really want to emphasize what Ivan was saying. You know, we have a huge shortage of staff, both in terms of people coming in to work into this space, and we don't have enough sort of feet on the ground in long-term care. We're we're pushing to make sure that the staffing plus a transformative model of care are adopted in Ontario. And Lisa Levin, Ivan said they better get it right. He voted for them, and uh, he doesn't sound all that promise promising based on his personal experience. But everybody is hoping, at least with it is a new idea, maybe they will get it right. 
I think that staffing is a huge issue and, uh, and, and people such as Ivan and others, family caregivers who are out there in Ontario are bearing the brunt of the lack of staffing in home and community care and in long-term care. And so are the residents. So that is something that we have long advocated for, that we have more staffing because people need more care now than in the past when the staffing models were set up. But at the same time, we need to have a comprehensive health human resources strategy across the province so that we can get people who want to work in the field. And then the other thing that we didn't get a chance to talk about is what I call the missing middle. So there's retirement housing for people who can afford to pay between three and $8,000 a month for their uh, for themselves uh, to be cared for in a somewhat luxurious environment. A lot of people uh, can't, don't need long-term care yet but can't afford that. So what we need are options like supportive housing-assisted living where people can live in apartments or in their homes and have a lot more care than they're getting now uh, through home care and other types of assistance. So those are the types of things that we need so that people don't have to wait and languish Uh, in hospitals or in reactivation centers. We will check back with you both. Thank you, Lisa Levin. Thank you, Laura Tamblin-Watts. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.